The weekend is here. It's time to go fishing. Everything's biting, walleyes, bass, and panfish. Muskies? Not quite yet where we're getting there. Today we hear from Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Fishing Guide Service in the Otter Tail Lakes area. Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. The afternoon sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting on the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go and Welcome to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle, now celebrating our 30th year. Today, a first-time guest to the show, and it's always fun when we get new people on the show. Garrett Spear joining us from Ottertail County. Uh, Garrett, hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So, Garrett, let's talk a little bit, uh, first of all, about Ottertail County. You were telling me before we got going, it's considered one of the premier panfish areas in the nation. Panfish paradise, that's what they call it up here in Ottertail County. We have uh, an abundance of, you know, kind of those fertile bass panfish style lakes, and we have uh, giant panfish here. Uh, in Fisherman Magazine rated us in the top ten places in the country to come catch giant bluegills. And our fish grow, our bluegills here grow a little bit slower than they do down south, obviously, with the, you know, shorter growing season in Minnesota. But they termed them northern giants that, you know, the fish are just really old and they pack on a lot of body mass and they, they just um, end up being giant fish up here. What great may- crappie fishing, great bass fishing, good walleye fishing. Sure. Um, you know, or probably not Lake of the Woods, Mille Lacs style <laughs> walleye fishing, but good walleye fishing. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's not too many like that. That's for sure. Well, talk about the panfish. What is it about the lakes in that area that um, that grow such great panfish? You know, I think a lot of it is there isn't a ton of fishing pressure up here. Um, there's uh, in in just Ottertail County alone, there's a thousand forty two lakes, I believe, is the number uh, that um, just in this county alone. So there's a ton of water here. Uh, really spreads out what pressure we do have up here, and so. Um, you know the, the fish uh, in a lot of these systems can can grow pretty large, and uh, they don't they don't necessarily get uh, get harvested in a couple of seasons and have to kind of restart the the cycle. Um, you know the other thing is is just uh, kind of the style of the lakes. You know versus where you're at, I think you know the lakes up there are kind of sterile and rocky, where things here are you know a little more weedy and fertile. Uh, has a lot of those small invertebrates, those those small invertebrates that the panfish tend to feed on, and really grows them large. Um, you know, we've got a lot of um, musky and walleye anglers here, of course. And in, in this day and age, most of them are very well aware of, of what is at stake in keeping the fishery healthy. Do you have that same kind of mentality amongst the anglers in Ottertail when it comes to panfish? You know, absolutely. And we're trying to, uh, to encourage that all the time. Um, I'm actually a member of the DNR Panfish Council and. uh uh, the citizen advisory group, and we try to help the DNR manage our, our pan fisheries. And we have a, a handful of lakes in Ottertail County we're going to propose a five-fish bluegill limit on just because they have these giant fish in there. And, you know, the fish are really old. The, the growth rates on our bluegills up here are about an inch a year. And so you wipe out a bunch of 10- and 11-year-old bluegills. It takes a long time to replace one of those. Yeah. So we're looking at doing some smaller limits on, uh, you know, not every lake, obviously, but just a handful of lakes up here to kind of save some of those giant panfish uh, for the future. 
with bluegills, a lot of it is genetic. And if you take out all the good genetics, you could do irreversible damage to a fishery. The uh, the males, those those bull males with the, the foreheads on them that look like they're wearing a helmet are pretty important to a population. They keep the small fish from spawning too young, which is how you get stunted populations. And they also have the best genetics that they pass on. And I always kind of tell people like my son, probably never be a seven-foot center in the NBA. <laughs> it's the same with bluegills. And you take out a lot of those big, uh, you know, big guys, and they just don't pass on those great genetics. Very good point, and and uh, it's just so important that people are aware of what they have and and take it seriously. And and more and more anglers, I think, are doing that everywhere. Uh, it sounds like you guys have figured that out uh, as far as panfish goes down in your neck of the woods. For sure, the next step for the the lakes up here that we propose is just a handful of lakes, but they'll have public input meetings to to make sure the public supports what uh, we're trying to do this fall, and then hopefully those regulations will take place in a handful of lakes next spring. Okay. You mentioned 1,048 lakes. You know, uh, that's a lot of lakes. In fact, I believe, if I've read, I think I read this in the past, that Ottertail has the most lakes than any county in the state. I mean, we thought we had a lot around here, but I think Beltrami's got 500 and something. So that's a lot of lakes for one county. There's a, there's a lot of water, you know, and I always uh, have a bucket list of lakes that I want to hit, but I haven't had time to go check out yet. You know, my list is pretty long, and I, I'm lucky if I can knock a few out uh, every month, you know, a new lake. With clients, I tend to do, you know, you do similar things that are working for you at the time, but uh, in my free time, that's what I like to do is go, go scout out some of these new lakes, and you can really find some gems. Uh, some of them you find great big bluegills. Others you find great crappie fishing. Some of them, you know, are incredible bass lakes, and, you know, sometimes you even find some big walleyes in these little lakes. Uh, we had some pretty good walleye fishing earlier this week on a, a little tiny fertile lake uh you know for some pretty big fish you know some fish in that 27 28 inch range even wow you know um even in our neck of the woods where we don't have quite that many lakes but plenty i mean you could fish a different lake if you if you try to get on a couple different lakes a week for the rest of your life you, you still wouldn't hit them all it's not possible <laughs> right we had it figured out once i'm trying to think of the, the statistic that we had but if you fished a new lake every week it would take you with a thousand forty two lakes it would take you i forget how many years but we had it all figured out at one point how many years it would take you to fish them all but <laughs> well let's uh let's find out your story garrett as a, as a new guy on the show tell uh tell our listeners uh how you uh, found your way into the guiding business i'm assuming like so many anglers it, it all started very young for you you know, I sure did. Uh, actually, I grew up on the North Shore of Lake Superior in two harbors, and uh, I used to fish steelhead all the time. So the, the rainbow trout out of Lake Superior will migrate into the rivers in the spring to make a spawning migration. And I really, uh, from a young age, just really loved that fishery and really became obsessed with that fishery. My dad owned a pizza restaurant in two harbors, and uh, people would come into the pizza restaurant and try to get uh, me to take them fishing, try to convince my dad to get me to take them on steelhead fishing. So I did for a long time. Um, you know, before I had a driver's license, I was riding my four-wheeler and my bike to the river to fish all the time and, uh, and uh, you know, helping, you know, some people get into some of these fish. It's, you know, it can be kind of a tricky fishery until you kind of know what you're doing. And uh, so I did that for a long time. And then I think in college I needed the money. And so when people wanted me to take uh, take them fishing then, I, I put a fee on it finally because <laughs> I, I needed the money at that point in my life to, uh, you know, for, for rent and books and food and stuff like that. And uh, that kind of blossomed into what I'm doing now and Flap Seeker Fishing Guide Service. I still guide steelhead on the North Shore for a handful of customers in the spring and the fall. Uh, it's a short season, so, you know, I don't have a ton of availability for that. And then in the summer, I uh, 
I do panfish here at uh, at home. Most people call me to catch big panfish. That's really our focus. But we do a variety of things. We do plenty of bass trips, too, and definitely some walleye trips. I have a walleye trip tomorrow. So kind of whatever people are looking to do now. So how did you find your way from the North Shore into Ottertail County? Boy, I uh, went to went to college and met my wife at St. Cloud State, and uh, I'm not really sure how we <laughs> ended here. You know, I, I think I really fell in love with the lakes and the fishing up here, uh, you know, in this uh, – Western Central Minnesota area, and um, just really kind of fell in love with the area. Uh, well, there's there's a lot to fall in love with, like you noted, a thousand forty eight lakes. It's it's a beautiful area, plenty of fish to catch. Um, and then, uh, obviously, once you were there, you you just did what you already had already been doing, and that was guiding. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and big panfish have been a kind of an obsession my entire life as well, and just uh, trying to find the you know, the, the, I've I've always kind of thought to catch the biggest bluegills in a lake is kind of some of the trickiest uh, fish to catch in the lake. They have good eyesight, you know, not to catch you know just bluegills in general, but to find the biggest one that the lake supports can be can be quite a challenge. And, and you know, it's pretty fun to, to go out and try to find those big fish and pattern what those big fish are doing. Um, and so that's something that I've always been been really interested in and into, and uh, to continue to do it every day here. <laughs> This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Don't forget to check us out on social media, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and, of course, online at kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country. We have a lot more with Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Fishing Guide Service to come. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. We are podcastable from podcastone.com, from the PodMN app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Fishing Guide Service, my guest today. And Garrett, we had a slow start from a guiding perspective a couple weeks where guides were not allowed to do that. Uh, but other than that, how's your season been? It's been good. You know, in fact, I commented to my wife, uh, it's great, you know, tons of people are getting involved in fishing with... Uh, with COVID, but, you know, if you fished a lot in the past, it's tough, but we have some little lakes right by my house that, you know, I tend to fish a lot of spring crappies on, and, you know, normally you see two, three boats on the weekdays when you go out there. This year, you go out there, and the accesses were just jam-packed. Uh, in some cases, we, we couldn't even park. We had to go to a different lake because there was no parking spots available. So, uh, but, you know, it's great that a lot of people are fishing with COVID. I think there's not a lot of other things you can do. Um, I think they kind of changed some of the regulations, but there was really no sports up until this coming week, and so uh, everybody's been fishing. Man, if you go into Fleet Farm and some of the sporting goods stores, they're wiped out of hooks, and we had record license sales this year, so it's great. I hope uh, hope we can retain a lot of these anglers, and you know, in the future, we'll see this big surge in, in fishing. Well, I think the uh, yeah the uh, record numbers of uh, licenses is a great start. I know it was a record number of youth licenses as well, which is even more important. And, uh, boy, yeah, if we can find ways to keep those kids fishing, that's that's going to be huge. Absolutely. Well, and, and uh, one yeah, of the... There's been a lot of people out still still now even. Uh, you know, in the spring it was crazy because I think a lot of people weren't working too. But um, but even now there's, there's a lot of people out enjoying the water uh, every day, so it's great to see. And when it comes to your specialty, panfish, that's really an ideal fish for taking kids out and giving them an experience because they're active, uh, they'll give you action. 
They're not going to get bored. You know, if you take them out in the middle of July on a flat day trying to catch walleye, that's a recipe for disaster for kids. But panfish, it's great. <laughs> well, you're right, you know, because you're looking for five, six bites in that scenario, whereas, you know, with this, we're catching fish throughout the day and sorting, looking for big ones and putting some in the live well. And There's a lot going on. You're always busy and active, exactly. Well, what's uh, what's the bite now? Uh, what What should people be doing if they want to catch some panfish? Well, boy, as far as bluegills, um, they're just getting on spawning beds here in Ottertail County, and you guys are probably maybe even a little behind us where you're at. I know down in the metro, my buddies that I've talked to down there said their their uh, bluegill spawn is kind of even wrapped up, hmm. and they're fighting those fish. Uh, but we're still in pre-spawn here. Fish are just kind of starting to move on some spawning beds. Like yesterday is almost the first fish I've seen actively spawning. You know, one thing about those big bluegills, if you find a bunch of giant ones spawning in a few feet of water, it's fun to catch a few, but, uh, you know, make sure you put some of them back, too. It's a pretty susceptible time of year. Those males will do anything they can to protect their nest. So they're pretty susceptible fish. Make sure you let some of those go and don't don't take them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take a few for dinner and leave, leave some for the future. Um, crappies, um, you know, we've been finding those on top of... Uh, cabbage on top of coontail on top of that crinkly pondweed they kind of moved out off their spawning beds and now they're suspended on those those weed edges so if you can kind of troll troll or cast the weed edges we've been using uh you know little northland impulse tubes and you can troll them behind the trolling motor real slow or you can fan cast them out once you kind of find where the fish are on top of those weed edges in that 12 13 foot range you're going to get a whole bunch of action there's also uh Walleyes on those weed edges, too, that's where we've been picking up, uh, you know, a good number of walleyes in these small lakes is kind of on those weed edges in that first break in 11 to 13 feet of water. Um, bass. Bass are kind of moving out on that main lake stuff. It's really a time of year where you can get on some big numbers of bass. You know, the fish are, are concentrated, and they're, you go and cast cinco worms and some of that deeper structure, and you're going to have great, great numbers days now. Um, muskies, I don't really do muskies. Pike are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, pike are everywhere, yes. <laughs> you can go out in a lake in Ottertail County and do absolutely anything and catch a whole bunch of pike right now. Guys are trolling, uh, you know, spinners or jigs and minnows on those weed edges and catching a whole bunch of pike. We're getting bit off constantly when we're fishing shallow for bluegills. We're, we're getting bit, you know, when we're walleye fishing on weed edges. We're getting bit when we're crappie fishing by pike. So I think you could fish. Anything from shallow to main lake structure and catch those right now. <laughs> Muskies, I don't really do personally. I'm not a good musky uh, musky guy. Muskies are a unique animal. They sure are. You got to have more patience than I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, when when it comes to pan fishing, and, and you said you know make sure you put some back. What what in your mind is the ideal size to keep? Um, to, to maintain health of the fishery? You know, on my boat, kind of those fish that are just under 9 inches uh, is what we're doing. You know, anything 9 inches and over is kind of the self-imposed flat on my boat. We're taking pictures of those big monster ones and then putting those back. But, you know, from that 8 to 9 inch is what we're putting in the box for dinner. Okay. Um, yeah, that's... And that's a lot more sustainable fish. Uh, you're not taking, you know, great genetics out that way. And you're, uh, you know, not doing doing damage to a fishery. And the other thing I do in my boat is I usually kind of ask customers at the beginning of the day if we're bluegill fishing, how many how many bluegills do you guys want to keep today? And nobody, you know, the, the Minnesota limit is 20 per person, and, you know, a lot of times you'll have two or three guys in the boat, and nobody ever says 
20 a piece, you know, 40 or 60. That's just a lot of fish, you know, especially the size that we're catching up here and chasing up here. So most people kind of think about it for a while, and they come up with a realistic answer, like, well, we'd like to have 10 a piece or, you know, 7 a piece or something right. like that. <laughs> yeah, 60 fish, is that's, that is a lot of fish. And, I, you know, we, we hear stories of those uh, gross over-limits, and, uh, and uh, that's really bad for the fishery, so... I really well, love. I can't even. I can't even imagine. Even the Minnesota limit at twenty a person. That's a lot of fish. You know, when you yeah. look at eight to nine inch bluegills, that's a lot of. That's a lot of meat. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. I'm Kev Jackson. Don't forget to get registered for the first ever Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament. Also sponsored by Coca Cola of Bemidji. Very unique tournament, perfect tournament for uh, the COVID-19 world. All you need to do is download the Fish Donkey app, find the United Way tournament, and get registered. With one $200 fee for your two-person team, you're basically in two tournaments, a bass tourney and a walleye tourney. And yes, you can win both. First place in each division is $3,000 based on 100 votes. They're paying down the top nine places on both sides, the, the bass side and the walleye side. And, of course... You can fish any lake in Beltrami, any lake in Clearwater, and any lake in Hubbard County. You have three days to fish from 7 a.m. Friday, July 24th through 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon. It's catch, photo, and release, and the Fish Donkey app does all the work. You can get more details at unitedwaybemidji.org or download the Fish Donkey app. Great cause. Going to be a great tournament. The Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, also sponsored by Coca-Cola of Bemidji, Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, Paul Bunyan Communications, and Hills Plumbing and Heating, plus more. A lot of people getting behind this tournament. We're excited about it. We hope you will join us. Garrett Sphere, my guest today from Slab Seeker Fishing Guide Service in the Otter Tail Lakes area. We're talking about the Panfish Task Force. And, Garrett, I am so excited they have put this task force together, and they're working to get this fishery back. For sure, and, you know, we've had uh, quite a bit of support here in Ottertail County. I mean, the DNR did this and put the work group together because, you know, a lot of anglers were asking for this. And in the group, there's a lot of stakeholders like resort owners and stuff that really want this to go through because, you know, they have customers coming up uh, that want to catch these panfish. Well, we've got to think about the future so we still have these fish uh, so so people will still come up and do this here. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's had a pretty incredible support. When I first got into the group, we did a human dimension study with the University of Minnesota. So we had them send out surveys randomly and uh, get some angler feedback as to what people thought about the regulations on panfish. And, uh, you know, with crappies, and I, I'm, I agree right with them, at 10 fish apiece, most anglers that they surveyed thought that was about the right number. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I do, too. And with, with bluegills, an overwhelming amount. I don't have the data in front of me, so I hate to speak on the exact numbers, but an overwhelming majority, like in the 80% range, thought that 20 bluegills apiece was, was too high. And that we, we couldn't sustain that forever in the state of Minnesota. You know, we continue to have great trophy bluegill fishing. And so, um, so I, you know, it is, it is nice. What we had originally posed, or proposed to the DNR was a, a statewide reduction limit. And we were trying to go to 10 or, or 15 fish statewide. Well, the DNR shot that down pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, a lot of us were pretty concerned the work group might be disbanded and we might not have, uh, you know, anywhere to go from there. But Dave Wetzel, the biologist up at Grand Rapids, came up with a good idea to manage each lake individually for what they are. And that's, that's honestly the best system. It's hard to put a, you know, I, I, I wish we would have thought of it as a group sooner before Dave did, but he came back with that, which is the best scenario. It's hard to put a, 
you know, a one-size-fits-all regulation on the state of Minnesota and have it work. Where with this uh, new system, we're going to manage the lakes, the ones that each area, and I'm sure it, it happened in your area too, uh, I don't know the lakes up there that well, but that were proposed, but each fisheries manager was asked to submit a list of lakes that, you know, had potential to grow these giant bluegills and had grown, you know, trophy-caliber bluegills in the past. And then those lakes were proposed to either have a five-fish limit or a ten-fish limit. Now, the five-fish limit we kind of call the, the size increaser. So the data has shown that if you have a five-fish limit, you'll actually increase the average size by about a half an inch of, of all the bluegills in the system. Okay. The uh, ten-fish limit is kind of the, uh, the uh, sustainer. So if you have a lake that has, you know, big fish in there, good fishing, and you put a ten-fish limit on it, they're going to kind of retain that average size that they have. Okay, interesting. I, I always find the uh, the biology of the the lakes really fascinating, and and the way people can figure that out is beyond me, and I, I it really impresses me. But it's it's something that requires patience. You know, when you're trying to turn something around, or you, you got a long term plan, people who go into that type of business uh, do, do not need instant gratification because they're not going to get it. For, for sure. You know, and uh, a lot of this we were able to model off Wisconsin studies. So uh, Wisconsin has went to a reduced limit on their panfish uh, just in the last couple of years. And, and now they have data. Um, you know, there's also an interesting lake uh, up by you called uh, Pamush. And Pamush is a real interesting study if you look at bluegills. Uh, you, you can look at Pamush, and I hope I'm not giving away anybody's secret lake here, but uh, you can look at the data, and that's at every bluegill regulation possible. So that lake originally had, uh, you know, the statewide limit. Then it was changed to 20. Then it was changed to 10 fish. And now it's a five fish bluegill limit. And, uh, this has been happening over a long time span. So you can, it, when they, when they do the, the test netting data, you can go back and you can look and see exactly what happened to the fish based on this regulation change, based on that regulation change. And so there are some cool case studies out there that helped a lot, like looking at uh, Pamush. And you can tell when they went to five fish, the fish have definitely gotten bigger. And those big fish have gotten more more abundant. That has been people's secret lake, but I exposed it years ago, so I took the heat. You don't have to worry about it. I think, <laughs> well, I don't want to get any hate mail. I don't even live up there, but I've, looked at the, I've never fished it, honestly, but I've looked at the data you know, pretty extensively as a case study for our work group. Uh, you know, and it's just interesting that that lake, they've, they've uh, you know, been trying these experimental regulations for a long period of time. So we've got the benefit of looking at what that's done. Where, you know, in Ottertail County here, we don't really have a lake that, you know, it supports that kind of data where we can look and say this actually worked or this was a dumb idea. It didn't work at all, you know. We actually have a few lakes up here that have the had the five fish limited. They all seem to have shown over the years an increase in size. So it's uh, it's been very successful. Fantastic. All right, so if we're going out fishing here in the next week or two, uh, advise uh, where should we be looking and what should we be doing. And, you, you know, we, we talked about it a little earlier, but just a little recap. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for walleyes, I, I would like, uh, you know, to, to talk about, you know, fishing those weeds. So a, a worm weight works really well to get you kind of through those weeds without following up on them like a bottom bouncer. And then a, a spinner behind it. I really have been liking the Northland Butterfly Blade lately with a half a nightcrawler. 
my suggestion is cut those night crawlers in half. You'll conserve some bait, and it, it makes it about the right size. When you think of what those walleyes are keying in on this time of year, they're keying in on minnows that are about the size of a half a night crawler. You're going to get less short strikes, um, and you're going to get more scent in the water. So a half a night crawler in one of those Northland butterfly blades, you can you control those really slow. So that's kind of the ultimate weed spinner, in my opinion, uh, that that I'm using with the uh, with a, a worm weight, a bass fishing weight in front of it. And you can kind of hit those weed edges and, you know, use your bow mount trolling motor or if you guys have tiller boats to kind of slowly, you know, zigzag in, in, in and out of those weed edges, those cabbage and those coontail edges. And you're going to pick off a whole bunch of fish uh, here anyway. Um, you're also going to pick up uh, some crappies in those same areas. We've been kind of hard bottom humps have been really good for me. For crappies this past couple weeks, you know, rock humps or weed weed island humps that come up shallow that have uh, either hard bottom or scattered vegetation on them. For those, I've been using the, those Northland tough tubes have been fantastic. Um, you control those with the trolling motor behind the boat, or you can fan cast them when you get into an area that has a whole bunch of fish in it. You know, I've, I've been kind of trolling them to get the pattern locked in for the day, and then we'll spot lock with the bow mount. And then fan casting. It's fun to catch them casting. Um, but, you know, those are going to be kind of right on top of the weeds. The walleyes, I'd get out just a little bit deeper. But you can kind of fish them in those similar areas. Just uh, those crappies are going to be more on top, and the, the walleyes are going to be just on the edge. Uh, bass fishing, we've been throwing. Uh, it's been a good jig bite. Cinco's are incredible right now. Uh, the jig worm is a great option. You can catch them on weed edges. You can catch them on main lake structure, um, pike, uh, you know, trolling spinners for, for walleyes and the weed edges like that, you're going to have a lot of pike. If you stuck with those worm weights and those butterfly blades and a half a night crawler, that's going to put plenty of pike in the boat for you. Um, if you really wanted to get, you know, get serious about it, you could, you could put a minnow behind there even, and you might get a few more pike bites, but we've had no problems putting a bunch of pike in the boat. And, uh, yeah, bluegills, kind of pre-spawn and just getting on spawning beds here. If you know where the bluegills are spawning and you can't find them on beds yet, get just straight out from where, you know, they normally spawn and, and jig in that 10 to 12-foot range, and you're going to find a lot of those pre-spawn fish um, in those areas, kind of just uh, staging, getting ready to, to push up and spawn here at any, any day. You know, kind of the magic number for the bluegill spawn, it seems like it's 72 degrees. We kind of just hit 73 this week. Okay. So we're kind of in that transition where you're going to see a whole bunch of fish on beds here the next couple of days. Well, Garrett, if people are interested in uh, using your service or reading up more on, on what you have to uh, offer, how can they uh, find out more and how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely, buddy. My uh, website is slabseekerfishing.com, slab like a big crappie, seekerfishing.com. And then I have a Facebook page as well. It's facebook.com forward slash Lab Seeker Fishing. You can also call me on my cell phone. My cell phone number is 320-428-5174. And, yeah, you, the title of your uh, guide service pretty much says it all there. <laughs> sure does. Love chasing down those big panfish. <laughs> Garrett Spear of uh, Slab Seeker Fishing Guide Service joining me today. Hey, Garrett, it was great talking to you. We'll, we'll do it again sometime. Hey, thanks for having me. I sure appreciate you having me on. Hey, the weekend is here. It's time to go fishing. Get out there. Have fun. Stay safe. 
and we'll talk more fishing next week. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.